Lana. 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 Lana! What? Danger zone. and girls, it's time to get up and out of your seats. Put your hands together. It's time to rock and to roll. This is the Amazingly Paul Show! Recently arrived from the dark side of the moon and wearing his Wonder Wall, it's the Amazingly Jay Hat. And as always, his co-host, the sexy and appealing Mr. Jazzy Jeff. And we're back. This is the Amazingly Pop Show, episode six. Woo! How you doing today, Jazzy? I'm great. I'm great. I am so so great right now. That was a good intro. I, I was pretty impressed. Ah, uh, it's first time trying to trying to make it in episode six. <laughs> well, you made it through though. That's good. Uh, yes, we are back. This is episode six. Uh, you've made it through one through five. Now we're back, and um, we're uh, coming to you live from this July fourth of our 2011. 2011. 2011. You don't have much time left. 2012 is right around the corner. One more year left. One more year and a couple months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, how was your fourth? Uh, well, I don't know yet because I haven't done it. Uh, it just uh, it's starting out hot. It's starting out hot. <laughs> the first six hours were great. <laughs> I've only been up for like three hours. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're a couple, we're a couple, uh, couple days into it. Actually, I always find that since, you know, it almost seems like it's always on a Monday like this, but uh, I always find that the 4th of July in my neighborhood always starts like a couple of days before because everyone's doing the fireworks. Sending stuff. off rocket launchers and yeah. stuff like that. Right. So, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I, did you go out and get any fireworks for this year? I didn't get out and get any fireworks. I did go down to Summerfest, the big music festival in, Mil- in Milwaukee. Yeah? Yeah, I went down there. They actually had the. They had the. Because they're closed. This is the first year they've ever been closed. Uh, the and, they, and they closed it on the fourth because of all the like nobody apparently nobody goes to the Summerfest on the fourth, which is crazy because it's a great event. But uh, yeah, they had the they had the fireworks on uh, last night after after the concert. I saw they're pretty good. Cool. Yeah, they're right on the they're right on the lake and everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I, d- I did see them a couple of years back. It was it was pretty good how they shoot it off the building. Yeah. Um, well, hey, we'll we'll go back to that in a minute with your uh, review of Rise Against at Summerfest this year. Back in our, our music section. Our music Are you ready for that? I'm ready. Did I catch you off guard? A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I uh, went out and, and got some fireworks for the kids this weekend, and I just, I like I like getting fireworks, you know, but at the same time, I don't like getting fireworks because, like, now I'm a dad, so as, whereas I'm not just having someone light them for me, like, I'm the one that's lighting them for me, and I'm, like, hoping I don't blow my hand off with whatever we got. Right. You know? But in addition, like, you go to these places, it doesn't matter where you go, you know, you get a thing that's, you know, probably the size of my hand, and it costs 20 bucks. Yeah. And I mean, of course it's going to shoot up and it's going to blow up, but, I mean, you're playing 20 bucks for about 30 seconds of excitement. Woo! You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, of course my kids are like, let's get this, Dad. That one's mine, Dad. Let's get this, you know? And it's like you walk out of there and you got a grocery bag full of, you know, which should be like maybe twenty five bucks altogether, and you're spending like one hundred and fifty. You know, just well, maybe kill yourself. Yeah, and plus they have to sell them so expensive now because it, they sell once a year. Yeah. 
But speaking of the Fourth of July, see, I never, I like, not to be anti-American, but like, I didn't really like it for a couple of years because there was four years in a row that somehow, some way, I got lit on fire on the Fourth of July. <laughs> it would be like a firework. And there was or, bad vibes <laughs> between Jazzy and the and the Fourth. And it was funny because that year five, I didn't get lit on fire, and I dated a girl who just so happened. Do her parents actually own the fireworks? Her store? parents lit you on fire? Or no, no, but her parents. <laughs> Get off my lawn, boy! Get off my daughter! <laughs> oh, bring out the blowtorch! <laughs> no, they had the. They had We're the gonna fire. have weenies and blanket tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it's exactly what happened, and that's why I'm burnt. <laughs> but what, what is the true? What is the true behind the music uh, about what happened that night? Behind the music of what happened one night. Before the the parents decided to roast your weenies, what happened? Oh well, no, it was just I I started dating a girl and she just happened to have their parents own a fireworks store and I was I was scared like she's like come over for the fourth and I said I don't think so because this is year five and I'm having a bad four years the last couple of them. You know you should have taken advantage of that like you should have went to the store and be like hey daddy o how about some M one eighties for half off right I'm banging your daughter <laughs> and now I'm banging you. So, with your fireworks. Prices, obviously. <laughs> um, well, that's good. I mean, what, what were some of the other attempts at, at uh, uh, fireworks that you burnt yourself or caught on fire? Well, it was like, it was more or less when I was a kid, like, you know, because when you're a kid, fireworks are so cool, you know? It's like, ooh, you know? Yeah. Like, but you got to get the, like, the little sparklers. Which, why the hell do they sell sparklers? Those are the dumbest fireworks. And they're the, the most attractive thing to kids because they're like, that's fire I can hold in my and hand. In my hand. But then you're holding it. It's like burning your hand. It's yeah. like shooting off and hits your hand. I hated the fire or the, those things. Um, but no, like... Uh, uh, my dad would always light something, you know, off. And then I remember, I remember specifically one time he lit, it was like, it was called like something B and it's supposed to fly around and like flash while it does it. Cause it, cause it lights up. And I remember I, so I was like 20 feet away from this thing and it flies over and I turn around and take it out of the way and he hits my shirt and then boom, my shirt's on fire and I'm just like hitting it out. Get the hose, honey. <laughs> Tuck and rolled. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do? Always you run, anyways. No one ever remembers the tuck and roll. It's like I'm on fire! I'm on fire! So I'm on fire! <laughs> yes. Yeah, I can't say I ever had much luck with them either, though. You know, I, I remember as a kid, and it's you know what, going back to sparklers, it's always that's the most attractive thing to kid. But like, what what do you do when you finally light it on fire? Your kid takes off. No, no, no. You're like, oh no, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here. Hold it, hold it. It's cool, it's cool, it's cool. And you give it to them, and then they're like, ah. <laughs> And then so they're, lighting my kid on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, then they don't want. Then they're, then they're you know twenty five. You know, no. and they don't. Afraid of fireworks. They never came back. I was nervous watching them at Summerfest, even though I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm gonna get a beer." Football field away. <laughs> I, I brought my binoculars. I watched them parking lot. <laughs> Still getting so, on fire. Yeah, it's it's um, it is a dangerous holiday. It you is. know, it's about as dangerous as as, as uh, Christmas. It's America setting it, or remembering its independence and lighting their kids on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, what do you say? Want to get into it? Let's let's do it. What do we got? We got the news. News. Uh, Three hundred sequel. Have you heard about this? I have not heard about this. No, I have not. Uh, well, you know, we can go back to Three Hundred. Which, if I recall, we've had this conversation before. Where you're not that big of a fan of Three Hundred. Right now, now let me just say this first, though, before we get into the okay. whole Three Hundred thing. Um, I very, very, very much appreciate that director's work. I, I will, because I will say, I, yeah, because he did, he did Watchmen, right? And I really liked that movie. I was not a fan of 300, um, and I still think he owes me $8 for the ticket. So, 
I mean, without getting too much into the old one, though, like, it, was there something that stood out that you were just like, I just don't like that? That's that 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 turned me off from the movie entirely. Was it a combination of things? I think what what really got the ball rolling as to me not being as interested in it is in the very beginning, if I remember right, there's a there's a wolf that comes in there, and I just thought, you know, at this point, if you're gonna make a fake wolf computerized. It shouldn't look like, you know, my nephew just drew it. You know, my three-year-old nephew just drew it. It looked very, very cheesy and very, very fake. You know, it didn't look like a, even like a real... An- yeah. you know, well, it looked like something drawn on a cartoon. Well, I mean, if... Let me ask you this, though. If if you knew... Did you know going into it that it was that it was purposely done that way to, to reflect how it was in the comic book? Or did you go in there thinking, you know, this this movie should look like, like stuff that's in real life? I'm assuming um, that's the case. But. Well, and, and when I it, it it is because when I went in there, I didn't even know it was a comic book. I found out after I I, okay. I did, but but you know, I thought some of it was okay. At, but for the most part, it just wasn't. It just didn't keep my eye. I thought yeah. like it was kind of cool that they put it on a, a small budget, but it almost I could tell it was on a small budget. You know, and I'm not really into half naked dudes. It's just not really my thing for like. Well, I am in half naked dudes. Right, I mean, right. Just, so you're ready for the sequel. <laughs> we could have had some dangling wings, yeah. Sequel, <laughs> sequel more penis. The penis strikes back. Um, the no, revenge I, of 300 penises. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm on the opposite end of, of Jazzy here. I did like it. But, um, you know, I, I, I think the difference for me is I, I went in understanding like that was, it was another adaptation of a Frank Miller graphic novel which followed right after Sin City which Sin City I think did a more definitive job of making the movie look exactly like a comic book where 300 that's what they were going for um, but they were still trying to base it in reality a little bit too and it wasn't a small budget and I think I appreciate it more because it wasn't a small budget but you know tomato tomato um, the 300 it did, it did make a shitload of money so that's what they're like. That's what kind of blew uh, Zack Snyder up and put him on, put him on the map. I mean, he did do that Dust from Dawn remake, uh, or not for Dust from Dawn, um, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I really so, liked. I really yeah. liked that movie too. So yeah, I think that maybe, um, you know, I, you know, I know that some people, you know, thought of the movie. The people who didn't like it, you know, other than yourself, is that uh, they got kind of tired of the slow motion, you yeah. know, uh, the slow motion speed up, which. Now, um, what is it? Two movies later, three movies later, uh, which Watchmen, The Birds, and then um, Sucker Punch. Um, I, I think that's kind of his, that's his shtick. You know what I mean? Mm. And like, I got to be honest with you, I think he's kind of the master of it because other people try to do it. I actually think that he's done it better than, um, and I'll get more into it with my Sucker Punch DVD review. Is he? I think he's kind of mastered it more than the Wachowski brothers. I won't take anything away from the Wachowski brothers because. They're the first ones to really kind of use that bullet time with you know the camera spinning all the way around to be able to right. get that 360 uh, slowdown time. But I think he's taken it and gravitated it to next level. Well, and I, and I will say that he's he's done that in a bit much better way in the other movies. You know, like yeah. I like you know that whole scene in the beginning with Watchmen where where he that guy oh, I can't even remember the guy gets killed and he was supposed to be killing everybody the and he kicks him out. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean that that was awesome. Yeah, it's just like. I don't know. I think my favorite part of the 300, if there was a favorite part, was just when he's like, "This is Sparta." 
or die. Yeah. I mean, kicks him off, but then he kicks him off, and what really, that, and it's just like a big dark hole, and he's like, ah, la, 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 la. Well, see that, and that's that's a perfect example that, that that I think that if you, I really do, I think that if you went back and you took a look at the graphic novel, you'll see why the movie is the way it is because that that is like uh, pretty much shot for shot the way it was in the graphic novel. You okay. know what I mean? So. I honestly believe, you know, even if you weren't jazzy, you were someone else. You if know, I was, I mean, if I pretended to be I would, somebody else, <laughs> if you pretended to be somebody else, I would say the same thing. I'm not just bullshitting you because you're you, right? So, um, dick. But <laughs> but moving on uh, to the 300 sequel. Um, for a while there, it was called uh, Xerxes. It wasn't even called anything related to 300, and it was going to um, kind of show Xerxes' rise to power. Um, I, I still believe it's. And it's written by Frank Miller. And actually, it was written after the movie, which is kind of weird because usually, you know, a, you know, they usually have. Well, I guess it's not too weird because the movie made money, so like, hey, let's pick a. Oh, shocking! Sequel. I wrote yeah. another book afterward. <laughs> but something like that would normally get adapted by somebody else. Like Frank Miller probably wouldn't have done it. He probably would have moved on. Hey, yeah, yeah, okay, it's a right. big movie thing. Right, let's right, right. go with it. And the movie would just kind of <clears throat> company would just kind of keep going. But after the movie did so well, he went back and he wrote another story that took place in those times, and it's actually a prequel. Um, but it's called. They changed the, the title now to Three Hundred: The Battle of um, Artemisia. Or Ar- Artemisia. <laughs> Something with an A. A R T E M I S I. And if you can't figure out how to say it, neither can we at the Amazingly Pulp Show. Um, you know, it's so that's gonna. It's this, as, as I understand it, it's still gonna follow Xerxes. I'm not really sure why the ch- name change. I didn't do enough research to sit there and and go. Um, oh, this is exactly why it is. It is the way it is. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Clarification. Um, but that's going to be coming out next. It's, it should start filming here shortly, and should be coming out next summer. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it'll it will come out next summer, and it will, if it will go up um, or not next summer. I'm sorry. Um, it'd be interesting if it came out next December, which is the same time Man of Steel, which is Zack Snyder's um, movie that he's working on now. Which is he he was actually going to do the sequel for 300. But since they offered him Superman, he said, well, 300, 300. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, He's like, this is Superman! It's business, man. Well, Brian, it doesn't sound like you're doing any business. So, um, so that's what's going on. And actually, we'll, we'll get more into Zack Snyder later on in the, the, um, uh, yeah, we'll get back to We'll him. get back to you. Actually, we're going to jump right into him again. Put a pin in it. We're coming yeah. right back. <laughs> Mr. Snyder is going to be uh, filming some scenes for The Man of Steel in Plano, Illinois, on August 22nd to 29th. And might not mean much to the rest of the world, but we're pretty damn close to that state. So, That's true. And, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's side-humping us right now. Yeah, so, we just got side-humped. Uh, my, uh, Jazzy and I might road trip down there and see if we can not get into the movie. Yeah, we will be in the movie. Yeah. We'll be wearing shirts that say Jazzy Chap and Jam. <laughs> People uh, will always be like, why does it say Amazingly Pulp? <laughs> Superman, you can't take on the Amazingly Pulp show. But our 15 fans will be like, I know them. <laughs> there they are. They yeah. never know. They don't even know what movie they're in. They can't recall the name. Well, there's been a lot. So. Of, there's been a lot of movies that have been filming around here, though. Like, because it's normally like in like New York and L.A. and all that stuff. But like, wasn't uh, there's that Johnny Depp movie and. And uh, the guy that played Batman, I'm drawing a blank. Christian, Christian Bale, Bale, where he chased yeah. him around, and, they, and there was scenes of the Milwaukee or stuff like that. People yeah. went nuts with Johnny Depp. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was kind of a big deal. I believe that because um, the way that that works, the, the way that um, I won't try to be a complete expert on it, but the way that that's, I know it's a little bit is the way that works is they'll come to a state 
in film, I mean, for a couple of reasons, there might be something that's, you know, completely, they need that and they've got money to spend, you know, yeah. like, um, um, you know, like a, a monument per se or something like that, or just some sort of landmark that pertains to it, you know. Uh, but there are, one, the other reason is, is the business aspect of it is because a lot of times they'll get what's called a, a tax break or a tax credit oh, okay. uh, for filming in that state because, um, A, it brings revenue to the, to the state, but it, it, in addition, the state will, you know, basically let them come in there for a cheap price and film their movie right. there, you know, plus they get all the, the propaganda, not propaganda, but all the, the media buzz about having the movie filmed there, uh, which, you know, like recently, uh, the Transformers 3 movie, which... We got a review for it today, folks. Yes, we do. Um, is uh, they film parts of that in Milwaukee? Yeah, they destroyed Milwaukee, right? Yeah. Well, parts of it, and I'll get to that. Um, don't let me forget. But okay. there, there are some shots in, in a definitive landmark. See, what I was kind of disappointed in is that I heard that they don't destroy Miller Park, which they could have had like Ryan Braun like hitting balls. At. They should have had they had Ryan Braun and uh, Prince Fielder destroying Miller Park. Yeah. What? Motherfucker, you ain't raising my contract. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be Prince Fielder because Bronze he's here for life. And Jay J- Hat and Jazzy would be on that set too, be in the background. Uh, Who are these? Th- <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so uh, we Man- would be doing that. <laughs> the only two guys going. Ooh. Well, that's probably what we're gonna be doing at Man of Steel. We'll be in the background. Look for Jay J- Hat, Jazzy Jeff in the background with the Amazing Pop Show. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, so uh, if you want a road trip with us, uh, right? Let us know, and uh, we'll figure something out. Uh, we have a just, bus. Yeah, just go to the Amazingly Pulp Show on Facebook, or go to uh, taps.baldmove.com. Leave us a comment in the forums. Uh, you can sign up. Just use a username or a password. Your username could be uh, something like this. That's a lot of O's, though. So <laughs> you'll be our number one fan. <laughs> um, Haley Joe Osmond's back. Have you heard about that? No. It's not like he necessarily disappeared, but he. he just, they're like, well, we don't want you during your teen years. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're going through puberty, uh, you know, yeah, kind of. Dis- I think the last movie I saw him in, um, there was one more movie after he was in that movie, Artificial Intelligence. Right, but he did another yeah, movie like where, where he was a little bit older. Yeah, where he was with like uh, two uncles in Africa and a lion. Yeah. You know, like Michael Caine and and, uh, and, and, and and I never saw it, but I remember it coming out. I never, I never saw it. I saw there was, the preview. but there was another movie. There's another movie where he was like, it had Helen Hunt in it, and there was something. Else. He was older. Oh, pay it back. Yeah, the one I'm talking about took place after that one, though. Oh well, or pay it forward. Yeah, pay it forward. Yeah, I think pay pay, pay it back, then pay it forward. Pay your money, get your Gibson. money back. <laughs> that was Mel Gibson was payback. That would be cool if Joel, Haley Joel Osment was in there. He's like, bitch, you took my money. What are you gonna do, punk? I see dead people. Shit, are you Jewish? <laughs> that's the only sound effect we have today. <laughs> uh, he, he is back. Uh, he's in a new movie coming out called Wake the Dead. Wake um, the Dead. It's a new film starring Haley Joe Osment. <laughs> uh, it's a modern day telling of Frankenstein. And um, really? the preview looks pretty good. But uh, what interests me is it's um, based on a, I believe, a story or a graphic novel from. Um, Author Steve Niles. Now, for those of you who don't know who Steve Niles is, he is the um, he is the author of the um, comic book Thirty Days of Night, which they in turn turned into a movie with Josh Hartnett. Did you ever see that? Oh yes, I did with the vampires and everything. Yeah, yeah I did see that movie. So that's kind of got got me my interest peaked. You know, see, I liked that movie. I actually I really liked it. The only part I don't like in that movie, and I don't mean to be a spoiler alert because that came out. Spoiler like, alert to the next spoiler ten seconds. alert. Yeah, ten seconds because. 
we're getting off over here. <laughs> but no, you know the only part I didn't like about that movie is the end when he when he's just like he he sees the vampire and he's just running after him. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna punch through his pants. <laughs> and yeah. that was it. Why didn't I think of that earlier? I think it was I think it was a little um, anticlimactic though. You yeah. Know? But it is a good it is a good. Um, it's pretty decent. I, 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 I like the way that they kind of modernized the vampires, yet still took them to that old. I think we were talking about this, the Nosferatu days. Yeah. You know, where it was more creature esque as opposed to, I just look good. And, to, and opposed to, how the hell is my hair this high? Yeah. <laughs> yet, again, oh. yet again, Twilight reference. Yeah. <laughs> I have sparkly diamonds. You know what? I was so happy because we made it through episode five without a single uh, Keanu Reeves reference or a single. Uh, um, uh, Twilight, Twilight reference. reference. Yeah, we it, it, come, it came back in episode six. <laughs> it's the haunting. Uh-huh. Um, Anne Hathaway. You, re- you know, uh, for those who don't know, she's going to be uh, Catwoman in the new movie. Okay. Um, in Dark Dark Knight Rises, uh, they released. Oh, she's going to be in Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's playing Catwoman actually. I didn't know they were going to have Catwoman in there. Yeah. Ah. That's why we're the amazingly pulp show because we bring you the precious, even <laughs> the though precious, the most amazingly pulp. Uh, Jazzy will catch up though. Ah, right. So, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, yes, it has Anne Hathaway playing Catwoman, and they re- recently announced kind of her look for the new cat suit. Now, they haven't shown anything yet, but they, they, um, they released what the, you know, kind of a description of what the suit's gonna look like, and they said that they're going for more of a form fitting bank robber, uh, look to it. You know what I mean? She's gonna have, like, um, more recently in the comic book, she kind of wears these goggles that slide down over her eyes. Why? I don't know if she's like when she's swinging through a window. She's windy. Watch out for flies. But uh, uh, but they have it. Um, but yeah, yeah. So they're they, you know they said that they're not really going for the older um, you know of course uh, uh, not Meg Ryan. Uh, oh, what's her name? No. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle. You know, with that cat suit or the one um, from the old campy Batman series, which to me or what about the Halle Berry cat? <laughs> yeah, they need to stay the hell away from that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they uh, they messed up with that one, but you know they it's it's not the they said they're staying away from that. They didn't say they're not going for a sexy appeal, but it's going to be more form fitting, more um, kind of like when they were talking about when they redid the Batman suit for the Dark Knight. They're like it's going to be more form fitting. It's going to be you know the changes we made are because that's what Batman would do. It and real- made his head more mobile, so they made the kind of cow disconnect from the. the Actual neck of the suit and uh, the armor was broken up, so it was more. You know, well, maybe they're not as good as like you know Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton at kicking ass. Yeah. Maybe that's the problem because Michael Keaton did it all in rubber and he ripped that thing right off. Yeah. And the second no one, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Bullets can't go through it, but he can rip it like it's cheese. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, well, he did play Beetlejuice, which I just that was on the TV the other day. Yeah, know. that was that was good, and that was back in uh, my my Burton fave days. Um, but we'll get into him later. You're gonna get into um, but so yeah. So Anne Hathaway's playing Catwoman, and uh, the suit's gonna be a little more form fitting. They didn't say it necessarily say it wasn't gonna be sexy, but they didn't, weren't gonna go for the you know those Michelle Pfeiffer days. But to, and to me, it's like that's what makes that character is is that she is has that sex appeal. You know what right. I mean? Like I mean, as a kid watching that, who didn't have a boner? You know, watching yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer. You're like, what the hell is this, Rigo Mortis? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know. Hey! <laughs> when sound effects go bad. <laughs> um, 
yeah, so that is it for the news today. Oh, unless wow. you have anything to bring. No, well, you know what? Speaking of, like, I know that we're, uh, it's still a topic in news, but I'm just back to the Catwoman thing. Um, so I thought the Catwoman suit in my, Michelle Pfeiffer was the best one yeah. that they've done. Like, obviously, I watched the previews for Halle Berry, and I was like, well, it's not rated R, so she's not going to get naked. It's not worth watching. Yeah. Um, but, but like, Michelle Pfeiffer was... That looked really cool. And then they had, like, the stitched part. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I thought that was well that, done. That was Another fun, Tim buddy. Burton days, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that was when that was Tim Burton was knocking those things out of the park. Yeah. He was making good movies. Man. It's... it's. But what happened to Michelle Pfeiffer? Is it Catwoman the nut? Yeah, she was in a couple more movies after that. I mean, well, quite a few. Uh, but, um, and, you know, I, I don't know. She's someone who's been around, who, who, like, comes out with a popular movie like that, and a couple, couple low-key ones comes out with a couple ones. But, you know, I, I, she was more, uh, probably a bigger star in the 80s and early 90s than she is now. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but, uh, but also, uh, do we know in the Batman, is there going to be... Another love interest because he killed the last one, right? Yeah, Rachel. I, I think Selena Kyle is going to play the, the new interest. Really? Is no, that, like in the Batman's, I've never like I, I watched the cartoons and stuff, and and of course the cartoons were were more kid oriented. So you know, because obviously I was a kid, but they didn't really have him have like a huge like love interest. Now Selena Kyle, I thought that was just made for the first movie, then. Uh, uh, but it was that a character in the actual? He's he's always kind of had an on on again off again. Uh, kind of relationship with her because he's more Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. You know what I mean? Because right. Ever since his, his parents died, I mean, he pretty much turned into Batman. The suit is just a is is just something to you know strike like you know, like selling Batman Begins. You know, strike terror in, into the whoever he's but but Batman is who he is in the inside. And uh, Bruce Wayne at this point is more of a cover up. So when he has those love interests, as Bruce Wayne. That's his, That's him trying to be kind of normal, yeah. Fit into life, but he's not normal. And someone like Selena Kyle is not normal. I mean, she robs banks. She dresses up to rob banks, and she's a, a super criminal. But at the same time, you know, she's also Selena Kyle. But because they're both on that level, it makes it more of attraction. Plus, she's usually hot. Yeah, you know what I mean. I've never. Anne Hathaway's a, a, a little bit of a cute woman. <laughs> she's, you know, uh, she can look hot and she can look. N- eh. It's yeah, you know. Yeah, like I mean, she, like she—you actually get to see quite a bit of her in that movie, Love, Drugs, and Other Things, where she plays the dying girl who Jake Gyllenhaal, who's like a drug rep. I don't know if you've seen that. I haven't seen that. It came out like like the, earlier this year, and this got released in DVD not too long ago. Like oh ago. yeah, I know what yeah. you're talking about now. Yeah. So she's and she's she's pretty nice to look at. Got, has a pretty nice body, and if you're listening to it, you've got a pretty nice body. Yeah, she's um, one of our fans. Yeah. Uh, we doogle your boobles, but um, <laughs> she <laughs> Google your boobles. She, you know, but like I always think back to the the Princess Diaries where she had a unibrow man, and it just really, really throws me off. But she's someone, she's someone who like, and I, I'm kind of glad that she's in, you know, this movie Christopher Nolan because I like the way she could definitely play an older character, a mature woman, and not just that teeny bop. You know, I am Brittany. You know. So, um, so hopefully, we will see her soon in a form-fitted outfit picture well, coming out. I think Christopher Nolan does a good job of doing characters. Doesn't matter who, like he can, he knows who he's getting when he gets them and what he wants them to do, and I think they do that pretty well. Yeah, because I mean, like, what was that? Memento was one of his first movies, and like I've never even seen half the guys that were in that movie. 
But he he makes them, you know, yeah. believable. You've never seen Half the People in that movie? Do you know who's in it? I've seen it. No, yeah, I closed yeah. my eyes through most of it. I didn't see half of it. That's why I didn't remember anything at the end of the movie. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm going to live the part. <laughs> I thought I was him. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's got it's not like Joe Pantoliano, who's from um, Sopranos success, and then he was also in The Matrix. He played uh, Cypher in the first one. Right, but I mean, like, but, but guys that have maybe smaller roles playing bigger roles, and, yeah. like, a lot of times, a lot of, I think a lot of directors stay away from that. They stay away from, oh, well, you haven't had a big role. You're not, you know, I mean, Johnny Depp, I like Johnny Depp, but it's, oh, he's got to have a big role. It's always because, you know, he's done all this. But I think yeah. some of these small actors, if you can, if you're a good director, you can make these guys look good. Oh, yeah. Well, and I, th- I think it's the hunger, I think it's the hunger for it, too, though. I think that, um, I think sometimes when actors, if not most times, they start finally making those big roles, they they do a few, but then they want to still make money. They got they got to pay for the life they live, so then they go off and do these money movies that are gonna, you know, are are studio heavy execs putting their name. This is gonna be big. This is gonna be. This is how we're gonna make money. And and they they sign on to those. They make money, but they but they also hurt them too because nobody's asking too much of them. You know right. what I mean? Like. And of course, like you always see the the things when people are you know like like the behind the scenes you'll see like movies, not like the behind the scenes, the actual behind the scenes, but like like movies that do movies about or shows about like the director trying to get these big actors and these big actors are like, yeah. no, I want to do this and like I want to do my own stuff. And it's like, no, shut the hell up, man. I'm the one doing the movie, but it's yeah. like I'm the actor. It would like, I, it would be hard hard to be a director because it's basically your shit. You know what I mean? Your name gets put on the on, on the end, and you're recognized as making the movie. You know what I mean? A lot rides on the star, though, too, because I mean, you can make a bad movie, and no one's going to watch you again. Mm-hmm. But as a director, you're trying to to put your vision on screen, and you're working with these actors who, like, if you're working with these A-list, you're going to have the you know, it's, it's probably inevitable. I want all my blue yeah. M and M's. It's inevitable you're going to run into an actor who. Um, thinks their shit doesn't stink and that they know how to do the movie and then on top you got you got a, you're working with a producer who is basically like the, the the front man for the studio sitting there saying oh you can't do that you gotta watch this you know that's too much money you can't do yeah, this can't do that and then there's the agent yeah. and then there's the agent that's like no well my actor and you right. know and, and you know and they need this and it's, it's like a you got a lot of compromise yeah. yeah and I think that I think that kind of kills some yeah. some movies too it's it's yeah it, it definitely there's definitely movies that um, lose from that battle, you know. It, it, I mean, the director could go on and realize his mistakes, and the actor could go on. But if you're really looking forward to a movie, and it's, you know, fucked up by that, you know, what I mean, that movie's fucked up. Yeah, you know I mean? and you know who gets, the, and it sucks because you know who who gets the blame for it, the director and the the, the actor doesn't get the blame for it because, yeah. oh well, I didn't like what was it that, that Vin Diesel? I don't know if he's a princey or whatever, but. He went. He did some movie. I just remember he did, did some futuristic movie. I can't remember what it's called. But it wasn't that long ago, and it was on opening day, and or or, or the this opening screening or something like that. And he was just like, I didn't like it. And he's just like, this movie should have been better. Is what Vin Diesel says. He goes, the director was bad. And it's like, yeah. you're really gonna say that about the movie before everybody tells you Vin Diesel? Look, all your movies are bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen all the Fast and Furious, man, and they yeah. are all bad except for Tokyo Drift. Yeah. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, that just happened uh, recently too. Where Mickey Rourke was bad mouth the movie like a week before it was going to come out. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? And then he came back and apologized, but at that point it was too late. And I haven't seen the movie to judge whether that was good or bad. But yeah. you know that that's uh, that's obviously you know there was a bone to grind. I mean, because why would you sit there and like? 
put down a movie that you're in right before it comes out or as it's coming out. You know well, I mean? and even even I've even seen it like vice versa. I've I've seen uh, what was it Kevin Smith? I like a lot of Kevin Smith's movies, but I thought he was kind of a dick when he came out there and said, "I don't mean." When he was talking about Cop Out, he goes. Cop Out could have been a better movie if one actor in particular was better. But he, like, made everything, essentially, like, he was ripping on Bruce Willis. And it's like... How do you know it was Bruce and not uh, the other guy? Tracy Morgan? Tracy well, Morgan. first off, you shouldn't expect anything from Tracy Morgan <laughs> other than Tracy Morgan to play Tracy Morgan. <laughs> yeah, or him sitting there telling he's going to shoot uh, his kid in the head if he's gay. Yeah, dude, well, sh- ah, Tracy Morgan's crazy, but 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 he was like they like everybody knew he, he do, I can't remember what he said, but he basically made it all about Bruce Willis, you know. It was funny because that was the that was, I don't know if you ever saw that, but that was the interview uh, afterwards that Bruce Willis went out to David Letterman and he had a uh, he had a big meat thing on his hair <laughs> on his head. Did you see that one? Uh-uh. He comes out with a big old slab of like hamburger meat on top of his bald head. And then he and then he's just like, yeah, they they told me this was the new thing. This is cool. You can't have an interview with Bruce Willis. You ever listen to that guy have an interview? He's just uh-huh. he's space cadet, but it was kind of funny. And then um but speaking of writing and all directing, I I heard uh one of my one of my, you know, he's good. I really like him as an actor. I haven't seen him in anything in a while, but he has a new movie coming out. Um, uh, Tom Hanks, but he wrote and directed that movie, that Larry Crown movie. Mm-hmm. He was on the Daily Show the other day, and yeah. he was just like, he's like, you know, it's different when you're on a movie and you're directing. He goes because you're sitting there going, ah, oh, fuck, I need this and I need that, and then you look over and the actors are all like, la 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 la, laughing about them, and he's like, I hate you, you know, and they're having fun on the movie, and he's. Like, but uh, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of funny, you know, to see the the difference. And and they and they, you know, I don't think the actors realize how much is put on the director, you know. And I think that was kind of cool to see him say that. So, I think I think some of them do. They just because because they're in the position where they're at, you know. It's like they're like, oh, fuck, do I care, you know? Right. Right. Um, I get paid either way. Yeah. Exactly. Um, well, time for reviews. Woo! Put on your um, pants. Movie reviews. Uh, I went to the theater and saw Transformers Three. Actually, I put Transformers Two here. Transformers mm-hmm. Three. Well, they are on the third one. This was the third one. What did, What did you think? What What do you think my outcome will be? I think. Well, here's my thought. I don't know. Like, I haven't seen the movie yet. Um, but I want to say this: the first one was very good. The second one was long and boring as hell. The third one looks okay, and I kind of want to see them with the Milwaukee stuff, but. I heard it's really long, <laughs> and I don't know if I want to sit in the theaters for that. But it, it looks like one of the movies you got to kind of see with the big action in the theater. So, um, so let's hear let's hear Jay Hat's review. Um, well, I was sitting there and. Uh No, no, I guess I didn't do that. Uh, I you know I was sitting there and about halfway through. Uh, well, let me, let me back up. I was really excited to see this because the first one I saw and liked it. And after a couple times viewing, I'm kind of I can you know poke the holes through Critique it. Critique it. It just. But my favorite thing about it was is that they made the Transformers look cool, look real, look okay, fit into this world. You know what I mean? That, that's what excited me the most about it. You know, and there was some humor, and, and I thought Shia LaBeouf was great in that movie. You know what I mean? That was the first movie that I um, saw him in where I was just like, hey, this kid's gonna be a star. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he, he actually kind of reminded me of a young Tom Hanks. Yeah. Just had the quick wit, and and you know he could act. It wasn't like you're watching him going, yeah, okay. But you know, um, 
And and so I liked it, and I, I thought it looked slick. And like I said, now I could probably watch and poke holes through it just because the story, you know what I mean? Right. Well, that, well, and I don't mean to cut you off in the interview, but that Shia LaBeouf, man, I, I, I've actually followed him since he's a kid, like the Disney show or whatever that yeah. he had. That And, you know, obviously he's come a long ways, but, like, the kids always seem like he's he's natural at He's got it, you know, yeah. but he's willing to learn, you know what I mean? And, yeah. he, and I've seen him in interviews, and he's actually really quick, you know, on the, you know, on, on the interviews. So it's not all just, you yeah. know, lines that someone gave you to say. Yeah. But that's kind of cool. I mean, as I progressed to watch him, though, and, and really up to this point, it's kind of, he's kind of the same character in all his movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it's the quick wit, you know what I mean? The the nerdy guy that's quick wit with the girls, you know what I mean? And, and um it's not, I wouldn't say necessarily he can't act, but it's it's kind of like it's it's the same thing in every movie now. You know what I mean? Like well, I watch someone like Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks is a guy, and I know he's been around for a while, but I did the early comparison to him, and I, that's why I want to say this is that I can I can watch Tom Hanks, you know, in through a lot of his movies, he's Tom Hanks. You know what I right, mean? Right, right, right. But he can also fit into a character, though. You know what I mean? He can slide into him. Yeah, like I watched that movie where he was from Krakosia, and he was stuck in that airport, and you know the way that he was able to, to stay in character that whole time, and just that this stuff was brilliant. But here, here's what I think about that, though, is I think Tom Hanks has had that career, and, and, and when you first saw him, he was doing all that comedy stuff. Yeah. And he took on roles that weren't necessarily his, Tom Hanks, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and he, he did that. I don't think Shia LaBeouf has done that yet, yeah. And it'd be inter- and I think it'd be interesting to see if he can do that. I don't know if he can or he can't. Yeah. Uh, but I think a lot of actors that I, I enjoy play a similar character. Justin Long, yeah. Ryan Reynolds. I love Ryan Reynolds. He's one of my favorite actors. But Ryan Reynolds is Ryan Reynolds no matter where you get him. I mean, he's, yeah. he's, 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 well, he has acting ability, but he's still got the quick wit. The, he's a quick talker. What, what, sells him, what sells him the most is, is his funny Van Wilder character. Yeah. Which is pretty much the same thing in all his movies. But I will say this. Um, most recently, I saw the movie Buried, where he's uh, in the coffin. I think we were trying to watch it that we one time. To, something uh, had happened in the meantime in the Lost Chronicles. <laughs> uh, never made it to it, but I did get around to watching that. Uh, Obama Blue. Yeah, and. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, but. It, and, and that was pretty good. That was, I mean, uh, that was a movie I was worried it was going to be kind of the um, Captain Fever. Yeah, you know, and where you just like you're stuck in one room and you're uh, the whole time it's like, all right, I need to get out of this place. Uh, but I think he made it interesting. I think the way the movie was shot made it interesting. Well, too. I th- yeah, he's he's really good, and he ta- he like I give him credit too. He's taking on roles that aren't necessarily you know he, he, in the Amityville horror movie. I liked him in that movie. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've always liked him in all the roles. I like I like that he's trying new stuff. I yeah, like that. I'm with you on that. Uh, um, but more to this Transformers idea. Well, yeah. So you know, in in Michael Bay. I got to be honest with you. Like I, I liked, I liked you know most of his movies. Yeah, they're kind of similar. The whole Armageddon, dun 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 dun, dun you know, yeah. and uh, and the kind of um, just the way he shoots movies. They they are you know high paced, action packed, and, and it's always the, that suspense it's music. the end of the world. Yeah, pr- pretty much. But uh, you know, I got the Transformers too. And I think a lot of people got Transformers 2, and they were all excited. I think it was going to be the same thing as the first one. And they were right. It was the same thing as the first one. The exact same thing. You know what I mean? It, uh, it was and, longer, and I feel like it was less action-backed, I guess. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, he actually ended up having to write that story because it, it was during the time of the writer's strike. And that's actually what he's blaming on the... the um, 
report not being as successful is because the writers are on strikes. So it wasn't as good as it was story. And he's right. That's part of it too. But like, I think that he has to kind of fall back on the fact that it still was the same thing as the first one. You know, I mean, nothing. There was no. You know, it didn't raise the stakes. It was still. You know the Decept- or Decepticons are starting shit, and the Transformers had to stop them. But even more so, it was the, you know, we've got five Transformers taking on you know twenty five thirty Decepticons, and it's like we're still going to do it. Then they almost beat us to death, and at the very end, we come back. You know, yeah. thanks thanks to help w- w- with the human. You know what I mean? Um, so I think it kind of flopped there. So we get to Transformers three. I'm really excited because the buzz about Transformers three is that, you know. It's it's totally gonna make up for the second one and, and like watching the visuals and the previews with that big motorized beast thing tearing yeah, up the building that insane, looked yeah. awesome you know yeah. what I mean and I was really excited for it they had uh, Shockwave uh, in it which you know is really cool because that was uh, I believe it was Shockwave is it Shockwave or Soundwave but Shockwave is the new guy that they have in the film and I think in the old cartoon he was one of the guys that was still on Cybertron but in constant communication with Megatron but it had a cool look to him he was a purple purple Decepticon because purple was cool back then. Yeah, yeah. That was bad colors. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, I'm a bad boy. I wear purple. So I'll say it to this: I was really excited coming into this movie, but as I got into it, and this is a spoiler alert, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna talk for this about five minutes about the actual story in the movie, and then after five minutes, you can come back. Maybe not. Maybe it's three minutes. But I get. You, but time it. Just yeah. listen to it, and then we'll tell you how long it is. You, you get into the movie. The, the movie's very long, um, and there's a lot of build up to the very end. But at the end of the day, the movie was still the same thing as the first two, where, you know, um, it, 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 it's kind of like the second one where now the Transformers are working with the government, but Shia LaBeouf is no longer with them. He's tried to move on in the world, but like, it's not like the the second one where he's like, I don't want anything to do with you guys, even though we helped save the world in the first one. I'm done with you. Yeah. And then gets thrown into having to help him again. Well, this time. He's kind of he's and he's got a hot new girlfriend. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Meg, Meg, Megan Fox is is related to as she dumped him, just because she was tired of dealing with the Transformers. Even though she did it for two movies and was you know established relationships with the Transformers, she's dumping Shia because I, I don't want to deal with it. Anymore. I'm tired of you and your big machines. Yeah, and not even, not not only that, but it's because he's living with two little Transformers that are kind of like pets, but he he talks to them as like they're. Um, casualties of war, so they're you know like staying with him. He's watching over him, but he's living with a hot girlfriend who's got a job. But he doesn't have a job. He's struggling to get a job, you know, and can't get a job. And he, um, so he's that's his, his stick. He's trying to get a job, and his parents are down hard on him because he can't get a job. And you know, his whole thing is it's whining the whole time. I saved the world twice, and I can't get a job. Blah blah blah. It almost makes him kind of a jerky character. You know oh, okay. what I mean? Which is you know kind of a one eighty from. You know the the first two where he's showing that he's so independent that he can save the world, and this one he's like, I'm a whiny bitch because um, no I've one done it twice. No one gives me love. No one gives me love, and finally ends up poking up with the Transformers, and they. Oh, he actually has sex with a Transformer. Bumblebee. Bumblebee. Bumblebee's yeah. unit. He pulls he pulls Bumblebee's Bumblebee unit out, and Bumblebee's like, I'm so excited. <laughs> Uh, but no, finally g- g- uh, gets in with the the Transformers, and the Transformers are, are again working with these quirky government characters. You know, for as much as the, Michael Bay tries to sit there and say I'm a I'm an American, I you know I respect the the army. They make these characters that they work with like just bumbling fools. Like the first guy, you know, in the first one where it's like government undercover. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he plays Jesus and the Big Lebowski. You okay. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they kind of make them these stupid characters. You know yeah. what I mean? Funny comic relief, and it just doesn't pay off. 
this this well as this much or in this one. Well, and and like in the in the second one, the stereotypical black ones, you know, yeah. and then there was that, you know, and like to me that that takes me back to the same thing as in Star Wars that takes me out of a movie or out of the movie is that like Jar Jar Binks or whatever the hell his name was. Yeah. You don't need that shit, man. Yeah. Like I know you want kids to do it. Kids are gonna watch this thing because there's giant machines blowing shit up and it's not real and they want to hear they want to see it. They don't need these little kid or little kid shit. I mean, if you want kids to watch it and adults to watch, it, I don't think you need the the, the kitty aspect all the time. Well, I'll speak to that by saying that. Um, I think Michael Bay has never gone for kitties. He put those characters in to, to attract the kitties in there. But the problem with the movies, and this is what I have with the problem with the third one, is that he's dealing with a, a toy franchise and trying to get little kids. That, that's what it's based on, a toy franchise that was popular in the 80s. But after seeing this third one, I think Michael Bay is the wrong guy to be doing that because Michael Bay does not shoot movies for little kids. He's shooting movies for horny 16-year-olds. I mean, the first, I think it's the first scene that you see, or at least the first introduction to Shia, it pans in right to a close-up to his girlfriend's ass in her underwear as she's walking up the steps. You're just following it up. She's the new sexy thing. And then you're, boom, oh, that's Shia's girlfriend. Oh, hey! Shenanigans! You know? Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> It's like, well, dude, you're not shooting a Victoria's Secret commercial, which is, I mean, it's like, and he's actually shot a Victoria's Secret commercial, <laughs> which is funny, but it's shot that way, and it's like... The end of the world. Yeah. Victoria's he makes no, he makes no excuse that he's, he, like, this is for teenage boys, and, and I'll go even further by saying, like, you know, don't, we cuss on the show, you know what I mean, it, but, and, and, and perhaps we should put some sort of rating, you know what I mean, but... Right now we've got eleven followers, <laughs> and so no one's fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> no one's complaining to uh, that. You know, you know if we if we want to take a break and smoke up, no one's really complaining. I think we're barked, man. So, uh, but it's this movie is sitting there going, you know, we're, this is about Transformers, which is clearly toys. You know what I mean? And you got you got parents cussing in front of their kids. You got the Transformers cussing. You know what I mean? Which I'm just like, what? Yeah. You know what I mean? And when the hell did you guys yeah. learn English? Yeah, <laughs> but I've got my two boys with me. One's four and one's uh, 11. And the 11-year-old, he cusses. I'm sure he does. Not in front of me, but I, I was cussing in kindergarten. So, yeah. you know. And then I got my four-year-old kid who will repeat everything you say, you know. Um, so, and I think it might be PG-13. So, But at the same time, I'm going in there. Yes, it's PG-13. I'm thinking it's because of the action. It's one thing to explain action about stuff blowing up. It's something sitting there going... Um, you know, Transformers saying "shut up, bitch" or something like that. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. And then, then the whole time, you know, then the good guy's sitting there going, "I will kill you." It's like kill, destroy could have been a better word. You know? Well, I think the the, the word is like, but but, but I, obviously, not having kids, I don't I don't necessarily completely understand that whole uh, language barrier because I obviously I'm use sailor words all the time, but yeah. but but I think I think the reason that 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 is so intense is because like you know you, you don't want to go have your kids say it, hear this and then say it at school and then the teacher's got to call you back and be like well this is unacceptable and it's like it's a word you know like i mean grow the hell up you know but yeah. but at the same time it's like you know the kids and i understand that you you don't want but i think it's just society getting mad about that stuff and, and, and as words and i think if a kid finds out that i'm not supposed to do it they're gonna to want to do it. I wasn't supposed to TP at the neighborhood, the neighbor kids' houses, but I did it because I found out I wasn't supposed to do it. You know, yeah. I, they're gonna do it anyway. I think, 
I think it needs to be less pressured. I think, and I, but I also think I'm kind of surprised that TV, when they when they have, society has such a huge thing on that, I'm surprised that TV can say a lot more than they can, they could when I was a kid. But interestingly enough, you used to be able to say "God damn it" or "God whatever," and if you use it in vain, you can't say "God" on TV. So they'll be like, "Beep, damn it!" <laughs> you know, it's like you couldn't say "damn it" before. You know, like, and it's. I mean, and honestly, aside from all that stuff, really, the, the reason, the true reason why the movie is, is not good, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad movie per se, but... It's the, the same. It's the same thing, you know? Um, the, 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 the Autobots think they know what's going on, they think they're going to stop the mission, and they find out again that they're not as smart as the Decepticons, and they're going to outsmart them. I mean, the one cool thing about it is, is they completely fuck up Chicago. I mean, Chicago looks like just... You know, that's that uh, just just destroy it. I'll use that word. It gets um, killed. So that part's cool, and the visuals are cool. But you know, and it, it, and then you think the Autobots are they're coming back, and and you think that they're gonna outsmart them. And you see that oh, the Decepticons have another trick up their sleeve. And then at the end, no, 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 don't give away the ending for me uh, yet. <laughs> well, the bottom line is is that the Transformers win. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 no. <laughs> but it's it's just this if you've seen Transformers one and two, you are not seeing anything new. I mean even the way that it's shot, the up angles, the music dun dun dun, dun it's all the same thing. It's like at the third the third one you need to bring it. You know what I mean? Like you like especially after the last one where you got so much Flack. Flack. And it's like you're, the, the stuff you got flack for in the last one, it's here again. You know yeah. what I mean? There might be cooler things happening going on as far as visuals, and of course it's in 3D, you know? Uh, but. But I, you know what? You know what? Uh, to speak to the 3D element, I think. Remember when they first started really getting good at putting CGI in, and directors just relied on all this CGI that they could put in? And yeah, some of it was good, some of it wasn't, but it kind of made or break, broke the movie. I think people are relying on the 3D element so much now that it's like, you know, oh, well, this is shot in 3D, this is shot in 3D, and it's like, yeah, it's great, it's shot in 3D, but, you know, there still needs to be a story, there still needs to be something else. Yeah, I think that, uh, <laughs> I think that, uh, great ideas. <laughs> I think that, um, Here's the thing. I, I did not go see this movie in 3D, and I'm glad, not because it was in 3D, but just because I wouldn't have wanted to pay that much money for this movie. But what I will say, we'll speak to, is that the 3D has been getting good buzz that, you know, James Avatar actually came in and worked with Michael Bay using his technique that he did in Avatar. That 3D was awesome in James Avatar. Avatar. Did I call him James Avatar? Yeah. James Cameron for the others playing at home. He's James Avatar to me now. Um... And so the the visuals are supposed to be awesome as far as the 3D. It's supposed to be the like, well, best movie since Avatar to use the 3D. But I will say that yes, like everyone is using uh, the 3D. But I actually just read an article where they said that um, they're probably going to start scaling back in the next year because they got such backlash um, from just trying to crank use it as a gimmick element to bring people in and, and, and not delivered. You know what I mean? They gotten a lot of. Uh, um, Backlash on you know, but that's you know if you if you're gonna give a shitty 3D thing but still charge me the same, what do you yeah. expect you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, so I'll just end it out by saying it's it's you know if you've seen uh, Transformers one and two, um, I would wait for DVD for this one definitely because um, a you have a pause button, 
right? <laughs> no, no, you can come back to it yeah, the next you, day and it, finish the next two hours. It, just, it takes way too long to get to the final payoff. By the time you're there, you're sitting there going, okay, well, I know this looks cool, but I'm done with this movie. Yeah, you know? I have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Had to for the last four hours. Um, okay, well, that is a Transformers 2 review. And it was only ten minutes. And it was only ten minutes. Uh, moving on to a DVD review, uh, Sucker Punch came out. Um, and I will. I did go see this movie in the theater, and Jazzy's not seen this. We're going to watch this together soon. But I had to watch it. I had to go get it because I loved it in the theater. Um, I know that Sucker Punch got a lot of bad, um, got a lot of bad reviews uh, when it came out. But I, the movie's visually, and I'll even say story is it's it's an interesting story. It's original story, which I, you can't say. For half the fucking movies that come out no, in, in the theater, and you know, that's probably why I got you know? a, a little bit yeah. of a bad review. It's not a remake. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't see this being made before. <laughs> you know? But it, it's. Um, I'll speak to the movie first, and then I'll speak about my thing with the DVD here in a second. Um, the movie first is is awesome. It's it's basically a story of a girl who. Um, basically, her mom dies, and her. Um, Oh, her mom dies, and she uh, um, is left with her. Ste- her and her sister are left with her stepdad, you know. And her stepdad ends up. He's like a mean stepdad. Finds out after she dies that the mom left nothing to nothing to him, and it's to her two daughters. So he's basically gonna have his way with them because he's pissed off and he's drunk. And the one daughter, the older daughter, who plays Baby later on in the movie, um, she gets away. But then he, he looks like he's gonna go rape or kill the other daughter. And so she sneaks around and tries to stop him with a gun, shoots at him, misses, and ends up killing her sister. So she ends up getting, the stepdad ends up ha- having the ability now to put her in a sane asylum. It takes back, place back in the 1920s, which you could basically throw anybody in yeah, a sane asylum back you're there. You're insane, and yeah. it's creepy back there, yeah, what I used to do. Okay. So while they're in there, there's, there's, there's three different planes of this movie. There's the, there's the plane of r- regular reality. And then as, as she gets into the uh, insane asylum, she meets these other girls, and she meets this dance instructor who teaches her how to dance, and when she dances, she's able to escape into these fantasy realms. And through going to these fantasy realms, she's able to find these different items to help her escape. Okay? But I say there's three different places. the reality level, and then there's the, the, the next level up is where she, you know, they imagine that they're in this, like, dance dancers, you know, they're still in the same asylum, but it's like a, a dance club, or like an old day, like, basically kind of like hooker house, but they dance. Um, and then once they go into the dance, they go into the fantasy realms, which is, a, you know, like a Lord of the Rings fantasy realm. There's a futuristic fantasy realm with robots. There's a, a realm with um, kind of Japanese manga where they're taking on samurai warriors, and then there's one where they're in, like, the um, kind of taking on the Nazis, but they're, like, zombies. Okay. Okay. And so a lot of people had problems with the fact that, and I, th- and I think it was a friend of mine, uh, Jason Seibeck, was talking to me about this. I believe it was Jason Seibeck. Could have been someone else, but you'll get credit for this, Jason. Uh, it is, yeah, is that I think a lot of people, and he, he, he said that a lot of people, um, th- I don't think they, they got the concept of the different planes, different realms. So when it was jumping around these different areas, they kind of got lost. Um, but aside from that story, the music's cool. A lot of people ripped on it because of the music, but... You know, like they do Where Is My Mind, which is um, from the Pixies, Pixies, but they don't use the Pixies version. Oh, really? They've got someone covering it. It's kind of the thematic song throughout the whole movie. Hmm. Um, So it's almost built into the soundtrack as the movie plays, but it's done really well. Okay. It's also got... um, um, So really, like, the Pixies just... 
destroy that song. That song is yeah. great. Song. It, it's it's uh, I love that song. In fact, I remember watching you know um, Fight Club, and when yeah. that song kicks in as it's built, it's, it's and perfect. Buildings, yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's just great. edited perfectly together. Um, but then it's also got um, uh, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows, which is by the Beatles. Turn back your mind, relax. And, um, that's my vocals for you all at home. <laughs> for all you don't know, uh, that yeah, plays yeah. during a scene, but it's covered by a different band. But it's it's done really well. It's got orchestra with it. It's 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 done well. Um, there's a couple of songs that are in there that I, I can't name off the top of my head, but it plays out well. The visuals are beautiful. I mean, it's just beautiful visuals. Um, he does a lot of the slow mo stuff, but it's done really well. In fact, there, I was just watching this today before I came over, and there's like scenes where they're on the tr- train and they're fighting these robots. And the camera's like doing these 180, 360s all around, and it's slow mo, and you're seeing like the shotgun shells, like the actual little BBs, like fly out of the gun. And in, 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 in addition, you know how like usually when they do a shot, it obviously goes to CGI. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You can usually tell it's CGI. I have, a re- even on the DVD version I have, I have a real hard time telling because it still looks like the actress, they're flipping around, and it's like, it doesn't. It's, re- it's weird because it, it does look like CGI because you know watching that. It's CGI. You know, yeah. Well, you know that you couldn't actually physically do that with a camera. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it looks realistic enough that you're just like, "Damn, man, that's really good." Yeah. <laughs> you know? And um, so it's just it's really well shot. It's it's now this is a movie that make no mistake about it is shot for sixteen year old boys. But can go all up to someone who's my age. That you're just like, wow, that's every. If you ever played a video game, and you thought, why can't they do that in a movie? This is a movie for you to watch. You know what I mean? If you like Lord of the Rings, if you like Matrix, if you like um, Japanese manga, if you like all these teenage boy things that you you know fantasies that you used to have, that you're just like, I want to see that in a movie. It's all in one fucking movie. You know what I mean? So how anyone walked away sitting there going, eh, that, you know, no, I could sit there and see you saying. Um, yeah, the, the movie was probably a C minus just because I didn't really like the story. I didn't really get it, you know. But to sit there and like to say that's the worst movie you've ever seen like blows my mind. And that's some of the reviews that were getting it. Um, so the movie's great. You should go out and check it out. If you're if you're, you're definitely you know the, the story is not the best story I've ever seen, but it, I like it. It's original. But for the visuals alone, you have to go see that movie. Um, so now I'll speak to, I went out and I've still got a DVD player, okay. but I prepare for the future because one day I will have a Blu-ray. I don't know if you've know, know, known about this, but they are, the, what they're doing now with movies is they're releasing the DVD-Blu-ray combo pack. Okay. Okay, so basically you get the DVD and you get the Blu-ray disc in one. You also get a disc for the digital copy, so if you want to burn it on your computer and take, we got snakes in here. <laughs> if you want to take it out on your computer and go anywhere, you can. Um, I mean, it's just beautiful. Uh, well, you, you'd be surprised when a guy go through to get a glimpse of a beautiful body. But uh, it's the problem I have with this, and this is, I went out and brought, bought Tron Legacy this way. These are the two ones that, that I'll do, and I'll probably keep doing it this way as long as I can get them cheap enough to do it, is because I want to be able to watch them now, but once I get Blu-ray or a Blu-ray player, I'm going to have to go out and buy all these discs on Blu-ray, you know, for yeah. that medium. In fact... By the time I get a Blu-ray player, there'll probably be something else. And I'll have to get, like, the triple pack. Yeah. Um, but what pisses me off about this is that I went out and I got the Blu-ray DVD combo pack, right? Mm. And it says extended movie plus bonus material. So I'm like, hell yeah. I take the movie home. It's got the Blu-ray disc 
it's got the Blu-ray disc with the bonus material, then it's got the DVD digital copy CD. All it has on that is the DVD regular movie. No behind-the-scenes stuff, no extended, just the theatrical release. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So now I have to get a Blu-ray player to get any additional stuff to watch it. So with that, I'll say boo. But it's not necessarily Sucker Punch's fault. It's just the way that you know the studio decided to release it on Blu-ray DVD compact. So I should have just gotten the DVD if I wanted to see that. But I'm good because I have friends who have a DVD or Blu-ray player. So if I ever wanted to, yeah, if I ever wanted to go out and get wild with it, um, get wild with the yeah. movie. But overall, it is it is good. It is you have to check it out. Jazzy and I will probably check it out together uh, on Omega Blue or Obama Blue. Obama Blue. Obama Blue. Wow, that was great. Um, <laughs> So, but I, I recommend the movie to everybody out there, especially, I mean, if, if you're a fan of Zack Snyder, which this really gets me excited because, like, in this movie, Zack Snyder has perfected that slow motion. Yeah. It's not just, like, speed up, slow down, and it's through the whole movie. Like, he, he, use, like, he uses it quite a bit through the movie, but he's perfected it. You yeah. know, I'm sitting there watching this movie going, that's perfect. Yeah. And that, it, it, it only could work that way, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and just, just the visuals, the CGI, man, I'm just like, I mean... I'm creaming my pants right now, <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, but definitely get it on Blu-ray player if you have a Blu-ray player, um, uh, and watch it on a big screen TV to be able to take it all in. Um, okay, so that are my that's my reviews. Do you have any questions about that? No, I'm excited to see it. Actually, I like I, I saw the preview for it and everything, and I thought it looked really cool, the visuals and everything. But hearing the story, like I'm interested in the story. Yeah, but yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, okay, so moving on, I do have a, a comic to review uh, this week. Um, some of my regular ones weren't out, but I did finally manage to get Image United number three. Now, I know you were asking what's why three. I do have one and two, but I got those a long time ago, and here's why. Um, well, let me back up and give you a little bit of history behind the Image United book. The Image United book is a book that reunites uh, Image comic book founders, artists Todd McFarlane, Eric Larson, Wills Portacio, uh, Mark Silvestri, Jim Valentino, um, and Rob Liefeld. It does not have Jim Lee, because at the time they started doing this, Jim Lee was with DC and I'm sure under contract. He's not able to go out and do other books. I do know that he did manage to do a cover for the first one. Um, but basically what this does is they all decided to get together and draw their art in the same book. Not just do a book. Yeah, you can pull and check it out. Not just do uh, a book with only their art. Like they're actually each drawing their own characters. Okay. Okay. So, Image was founded back in, I believe, in 1990 or 91. But, but basically, it was these guys that decided to leave their respective um, jobs at uh, Marvel and go off from their own company so that they could do what they want. Now, these are the guys that were at top of their game, top of, I mean, you know, Todd McFarlane, the number one guy in Spider-Man, sold a million copies of Spider-Man number one. You know how hard it is to sell a million of anything? Right. Let alone right. a comic book? Uh, unless it's drugs. Yeah, unless it's drugs. And so it sold a million. Jim Lee sold, like, a couple million of X-Men. These guys were at the top of their game, and they decided to leave and start their own company. It was, it was huge, huge, uh, big deal back then. Um and so they went off and they formed Image. And they each had their own book. Uh, Eric Larson had Savage Dragon. Todd McFarlane had Spawn. Jim Lee had Wildcats. Uh, Mark Sylvester had Cyberforce. Rob Liefeld had Youngblood. And um, um, Shadowhawk was done by Jim Valentino. So long story short, they eventually, you know, I think Eric Larson is the only one still drawing his book. You know, but they broke off. 
doing that and started their own companies, got huge. They make a bunch of money now. But they decided to come back and kind of pump some energy back into their company image by doing this Image United and getting together and uh, drawing a book, which takes all their characters from all their books that they started and puts them into one book, this big crossover. Uh, with that being said, I went out and bought number one. Number two and number three. Um, and basically the way they started off is that one of them would do the layouts for each one of the books. Basically layouts are going in, kind of sketching out the layout of the book. And then as it would pass around to each artist, each artist would draw their own character respective over the layouts. And then Todd McFarlane was going to ink each book. Um, what everyone was saying about it was that they'll never get done, they'll never complete it, it'll take too long. Da 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 da. That's that's kind of what burnt them out in the beginning. Was that I mean, image where like the first books start taking forever to get out after a while. Right. Um, unfortunately, that is what's happened. Um, the book, each book has taken way too long. I mean, months between each book to get out. And in addition to the book, the first one came out. It looked okay. But, I mean, like Todd McFarlane, who, you know, is one of my favorite artists, and I know, you know, my friends, <laughs> uh, some of my friends don't like him, but I do. He's one of the guys that really just wrote me in, but you could just tell he wasn't bringing his A game, you know. And, and it might not necessarily because he wasn't trying. I just think the guy's too busy. He's got too many things going along with the rest of these guys that weren't really bringing their A game. It's also written by Robert Kirkman, who's a hugely popular guy writing for... Uh, for uh, Image right now, and he's the creator of The Walking Dead, as well as Invincible. Um, and I just the story stinks. You know what I mean? It's just it it, it, funny. yeah. It will just it doesn't really have you know a point. I really hate saying this stuff because if I you know or, or once I make it big, and if I ever get to work with some of these guys, I don't want you know. Unfortunately, I don't want to burn my bridges. But you know, there's we're on number three, so maybe the story is going to turn around. But as it stands right now, it's just kind of a a pointless story. You know, they're just getting together because the original Spawn has come back to take over the the world. You know what I mean? And, like, the guy, there's a new character in there who kind of has a vision about it and decides to warn all the, you know, characters from Image to get together. But then all the bad guys have somehow been able to unite together under Omega Spawn, as he's being called now. And um, are stronger and almost wipe him out. And at the end of number three, it shows them pretty much all getting wiped out. All, all of them are losing, so... It's kind of ending on a cliffhanger, but I get to the end and I'm just like, I don't, I, I yeah. don't care. But I'm sticking with it because these are the guys that really brought me into the world of comics, made me interested in comics, and I don't think anyone else. I mean, you know, a lot of people gave a lot of flack to uh, them um, after that whole boom of the '90s that they were all just flashing the pans. And the one thing I think people forget is that at the time when they, what made them popular is they were drawing way different, way better than everybody else. The majority of other people that were drawn were the same thing, that old kind of, you know, uh, 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 DC superhero, I don't want to say DC superheroes, but it kind of reminded me of the Super Friends style, that old cartoon, like where yeah. everything looked like that. You know, and these guys were, were, were making comics look cool, you know? And so they go off and form their own company, and since then I think that Marvel and DC were kind of scared to really hire in artists that could really blow away. There's there's still a few handful, but I don't think that they really stockpile them like they did because they don't want them to ever leave again like these guys did. And okay. and, and they, they have contracts, locking artists into contracts. And uh, long story short, you know, I, I think what made those books good in the beginning, you know, it definitely wasn't the stories because these guys were artists. They were trying to write their own books, but they weren't necessarily 
writers. Good, right? Yeah, good writers, which is what kind of Marvel and DC have now is they have good writers. It's kind of flipped where the art art isn't all all that great, but stories are great. Um, so you know, this kind of fizzled, and it, it didn't help that everyone that they brought in under their wing, for the most part, were were drawing like them, trying to draw like them, as opposed to going out and get artists that didn't draw like them but drawed really well. You know, um, like there was a lot of Jim Lee clones. You know, um, but these guys, the seven that, that started Image, none of them drew alike, you know. Uh, the closest comparison maybe would be Rob Liefeld, Jim Lee, and Mark Silvestri, who all kind of drew that kind of similar style. But, but if, you, if you're a true fan of each one of those, you'll see that um, they each had a different style. Very similar, and they were drawing like what was going on at the time yeah, in the 90s. Thing, huh? you know, big, big gear, big guns, you know. Everything was metal packs, you know, which I didn't mind at the time, and I still don't mind now. I think it looks cool, but um, but yeah, but they started bringing in a lot of clones of them. And I think that was oversaturated, and so eventually, Image had to eventually branch out and start getting other art and bringing it in. I think that's kind of what's holding them together now is they don't have everything that looks the same. Uh, but this book um, unfortunately fails because the story is not all that great. But then the artwork that's being turned in because it's being passed around, there's too much time in between, it's making me lose interest. It's not the strongest art that any of them have done. And in addition, they're letting each one of them lay out a book, but then they switch to like Eric Larson just laying out a book. And like I, I started out reading The Savage Dragon, but after a while, and I apologize, Mr. Larson, if I'm insulting you, not trying to, he's probably not listening to this cast anyways, but after a while, like getting into issue 25, 30 of Savage Dragon, I, I started seeing like recycled scenes or like scenes that are kind of similar to other panels he's done before. Um, and it's funny because years later, I, I, I was reading this uh, post that he put up on Twitter where he actually showed he recycled a scene in one of his panels that he drew. I mean, it was a complete page of panels, but that he drew back in uh, an issue of Spider-Man that he did after he picked up after McFarlane left. And it was the exact same thing, just changed to his characters <laughs> from the Savage Dragon. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of funny because I feel that it's this is all just kind of recycled scenes from stuff we've seen before, like the characters jumping at the panel, you know, and it's I think that it would have benefited more if each one of the artists would have done the layouts, you know, like, you know, Todd McFarlane done a layout book and then had each of the artists draw all over that, that would have been, because it would have been, you know, it's more than just putting your art, final art over the layouts of someone else. Like, you're, the way you lay something out is going to be completely different from maybe the way Rob Liefeld would lay out or Jim Lee would lay out. So when you're, you're doing something over someone else's layouts, you're still getting their sense of style, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that, you know, with Eric Larson doing the layouts for each book, like I think uh, uh, Rob Liefeld did the first one, and you could totally tell. Um, this one with the next two were Eric Larson, and, and it, they just kind of look the same for each book. Not much backgrounds, you know. I will say this, though, the coloring on it is awesome. These, uh, Thomas Mason, who's one of them, he's one of my favorite colorists of the time right now, is just really banging it out. It does look good. Um, I will finish it just because I'm one of those guys that has to, like, once I get... It's only six parts. I'm going to get the last three. Hoping it'll change. Guys, if you're out there listening, um, stick with it, man. Just keep putting um, more time into it. Don't give up. Finish strong. Don't stop believing. Yeah. Um, but that's what I have. Im- Image United 3, yeah. If, if, you're, if you're a true fan of Image from the beginning days, sure, go out and buy it. It's got all those old characters. They're having fun hanging out together. But, you Damn. know, if, if you're looking for their art from back then, you just won't see it. Um, well, that's all I have for my comic review. Do you have anything to throw in there? 
I didn't pick up any comics. <laughs> <laughs> well, this Wednesday, I'm going to go check. The, that's when the new comics come out, and, and I'll call you up, and we'll we'll go check it out. You don't have to buy anything, but maybe just peruse, see if something jumps peruse. out. Peruse. Yeah. Peruse. Um, From Peru? We'll get you in there. Uh, that's our show for this week. Unless you have anything that pisses you off. Not really. Well, not really. No? Um, if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about, or uh, if you have anything that you want us to um, bring up or say, uh, please go to taps.baldmove.com and leave it in the forums there. And we'll say "fuck you." We won't even say it. <laughs> we'll just we'll just acronym it. Yeah. We'll acronym um, it. Or you can go to the Amazingly Pulp Show on Facebook and leave us a message there. Become a member, please. We want to uh, equal. Or, yeah, we want to get our numbers up and. Just to know that you're listening. We love you and we want to hear from you. Or you can go to uh, the Amazingly PS on Twitter or at Amazingly PS on Twitter. Uh, if you have any questions, let us know. We love you. Jay Hat out.